Happy New Year. Can you believe it's the last day of 2023? I'm so glad you've joined today uh, for our online service. And I, I just can't help but be so grateful in my heart for the amazing Christmas season we had this year. Thank you to all of those of you who bought gifts, gifts for the schools around, around our church. Uh, thank you for those of you who gave so much vocally and instrumentally and, and all of the amazing music we experienced uh, this season. Thank you for all of those of you who have been a part of the children's ministries and the youth ministries and the Christmas parties and the gift wrapping and everything that has come to make this amazing Christmas season. Uh, now we're at the last day of 2023. It'll be a little tempting to say predictable things like, my, how time flies, and uh, can you believe 2023 is gone already? And I've even heard more than a few people say, I can't wait to close the door to 2023. Well, that's coming up at midnight tonight. I don't know if you're going to stay up for that, uh, but I feel bad it's been that hard a year for you. Uh, but we are going to start a new year. We're going to turn a new leaf. And I'd like to talk to you today about four C's, C's that I've been thinking about, four C's and 2024. Um, I'm not pretending to be a futurist. I'm not pretending to be a prophet, but I'm virtually positive that all four of these C's will be and can be a part of our lives as we come into a new year. I want to take you to start out to Psalm chapter 90. It was actually written by Moses, not David. And Moses is reflecting on how fast life goes and, and how eternal God is and how short our lives are. And so he says, teach us, Lord, to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. Let's not just fly through our days. Teach us to think about our days. How are we living out our days? Uh, and what are our days embodying? And what does each day mean in terms of what we're facing? This is where my four C's come in today. The first C is change. I'm virtually positive that as we come into 2024, uh, change is going to be even more rapid than we've ever experienced in our lives. I do think that we're going to have a great year in our church life. We've been growing. Uh, things have been changing that way. We've been expanding our outreaches, uh, uh, reaching more families. I mean, it's been a wonderful time. And uh, we're not going to change our theology. We're probably not going to change our service times yet. But, but uh, I'm talking about change on a global scale. As you know, in 2023, artificial intelligence exploded on the scene. Over 10 years ago, uh, futurists were talking about how by 30 years from today, uh, about 2045, we, our world will hit a singularity point where artificial intelligence will, will become so dominant, it will so outweigh the sum total of human intelligence that life on Earth, as we know it, will change. And this has amazing prospects for medical science and our treatment of disease. They say that by, by 30 years from now, people's life expectancy may be extended 50 years. And, uh, and we've seen in 2023 the explosion of chat GPT, open AI, generative AI. Uh, right now, uh, there are computers that are being programmed to teach themselves their self-learning, taking data from what we would call experiences, learning, growing. You run into more and more autonomous cars on the road. Uh, you, uh, w w w some scientists right now are, exp 
are exploring the possibility even that computers can develop consciousness. And uh, all of this is staggering. It's going to change our world. And even though some leaders in industry this past year have become so concerned with how fast AI is taking over our world that they've advocated a six-month moratorium on AI research, that's never going to happen. It's going to still speed forward and it's going to come even more quickly. Thank God for the efficiencies it could bring us. It makes our search, Google searches easier. Uh, we can access information like never before. And on the other hand, God forbid that that technology fall into the wrong hands in the years ahead. All I know is change is going to happen quickly. A second C word I've been thinking about is conflict. Uh, right now, if the polls uh, hold into this next year, it looks like we're going to have a repeat of 2020 in the presidential election. Looks like President Biden and former President Trump are going to be running against each other. Uh, but, but the problem is the anger and hostility and intolerance under the surface in our culture is even worse than it was four years ago when we were going through COVID, when we were experiencing uh, race tensions, when, when we had that incredibly divisive election. I, I kind of dread the conflict. It's going to literally cause churches to get their eye off Jesus, their eye off their mission, and tear them apart over political issues regarding our country. I'm concerned that we just can't have civil conversations anymore. I'm concerned that that to disagree with somebody these days is being reduced to hate speech. Hate speech. If you disagree with me, you must hate me. You must be intolerant. I mean, this makes discourse impossible. Uh, not to mention all the conflicts we're seeing on the global scene, the rise of anti-Semitism and the conflict in the Middle East with with Iran, a significant player behind all of that. The conflict in Ukraine and Russia. Um, if China this year was to invade Taiwan, it would trigger World War III. And, and this past year, uh, North Korea has resumed the testing of ballistic missiles that, that can actually reach parts of the West Coast of the United States, let alone Japan. And a conflict is going to grow. Jesus talked about that. He said towards the end times, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. And he also talked about catastrophes. We're going to see change this next year. We're going to see conflict. And we're going to see catastrophes. Even though I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to 2024. I, I just think this is our moment as a church of opportunity. I just think Jesus is going to do some of his best work that we've ever seen this next year. But Jesus himself said, as the moment of my second coming approaches closer, not only is there going to be conflict in the Middle East, but there's going to be, there, there are going to be earthquakes, famines, there's going to be pestilences. I mean, the last thing we need is another global pandemic. But Jesus said, these things are going to continue to grow in intensity, hit more and more populated areas, as it's like creation is, is in labor pains. It's in contractions, anticipating the day when Jesus will come again and make everything new. So I do believe that, I do believe that change and conflict and even catastrophe is going to mark the year ahead. But I'm excited. I'm, I'm encouraged because there's a fourth C word that I want to put all the way up to the front of the line. And it's the word Christ. Just Christ. I felt this urge. I felt in a worship service a number of weeks ago. In fact, I tried to sort of put it into words very briefly during our pastoral prayer time. But I just sensed the Spirit of God saying, there are things going to be coming so rapidly 
and so concerningly upon our world that we as the people of God um, will be able to thrive to it. But like never before, we simply need to stay focused on Jesus. We just need to stay close to Jesus like never before. And, and that verse at the end of Proverbs chapter 4, uh, verse 25, it keeps coming back to me. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. I mean, this is the time we need to know what we're believing, who we're serving, and we need to put Jesus right at the middle. And we need to just keep our eyes on him. Let your eyes look straight ahead, Solomon wrote. Fix your gaze directly before you. And this is... This is, I believe, our hope, but this is also going to be the critically important issue in our lives. In the midst of change, in the midst of conflict, in the midst of even catastrophe, Christ wants to stand right at the center of our attention and our focus. And it is incredibly important, I believe in 2024 more than ever, that we just stay close to Christ and to him. That's why you hear me say, I've been feeling this for a while. That's why you'll hear me often talk about the Colossians 3 lifestyle, the Jesus attentive lifestyle. And let me read Colossians 3, verse 1 for you again. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. You're probably going to hear a lot of the news media this year. You're probably going to be walking through issues in your families and at work and maybe with your health. But here's, here's what Paul says. Paul, Paul, Paul says it doesn't qualify, you know, unless you're having health problems or, or unless you're having marriage problems, you know. Uh, if you're having those problems, then you better keep your eyes on those things. No, he says in spite of what may be going on in your life, because you've been raised with Christ, when you put your faith in him, your old person died, and your new life in him, you've been risen from the dead, and you've been raised with Christ, who is now seated at the right hand of the Father until the day he comes again. And he says, so since that is the case in you, since no change, no conflict, and no catastrophe defines you, but what defines you is that you've been risen with Christ, who's at the right hand of the Father, therefore, Therefore, seek those things. Set your heart on those things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And he goes on to say, in case he's not being clear enough, set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. Uh, on earthly, uh, in terms of earthly things, we're going to see a lot of change. We're going to see a lot of conflict. We're going to see a lot of catastrophe before Jesus comes again. But we are steady because those things don't define us. Rather, we are risen with Christ. And so we don't set our mind and our hearts on earthly things. We're aware of what's going on, but we start by setting our minds on things above, Paul says. For you died, for you died, and get this. Now he's talking theologically. Uh, theologically, not literally, we haven't physically died yet, but theologically, uh, we've died to the old self. For you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. I mean, if my life's hidden in Christ, I mean, no matter how fast the world is changing around me, if my life is hidden with Christ, I have confidence. I have peace that passes understanding. I have a steadiness in my life that does not, incidentally, make you bury your head and live in denial, but rather it 
energizes you and positions you then to then engage the world redemptively. We've got far too many Christians sitting around. They don't understand who they are in Christ. They're not living that life, uh, that resurrected life in Christ and setting themselves on, on just a Jesus-focused life. Instead, we're just, uh, we're just kind of caught up in all the same anxieties everybody else is. But there is a place when we are truly, our life is truly hidden with Christ in God, as Paul says, that then we, we are freed and energized to go into our world with energy and with activity and with life and with vitality so that we can make a difference. I see our church being involved in, in our community like never before this next year. I, I, I see you being engaged in neighborhood groups like never before this year. I see you being Jesus person wherever you are, like never before this year, because you are, you are realizing that your life is hidden with Christ in God. The core of who you are is secure. And because of that, you go fearlessly into a world full of change, full of conflict, and even full of catastrophes. This is it. And it's also the key to living um, in the abundance that God's Spirit has for all of us this Jesus-focused life. Um, I have a friend who was a fellow pastor down when I used to pastor in Southern California. His name's Gary Tyra. He's a wonderful author. He's written numbers of books for InterVarsity Press. Uh, also a, 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 a professor at Vanguard University, as well as being an Assemblies of God minister. And Gary, Gary writes in one of my favorite books that he's written, uh, Christ's Empowering Presence. He writes this, I had been experiencing a gnawing and growing sense of powerlessness, both in my pastoral ministry and in my personal life. And maybe you've, you're closing out 2023, just kind of like, oh, I've had the tar beaten out of me here. And, and, and there's just this sense of powerlessness in your life. He said, I felt it in my ministry. I felt it in my personal life. And, and he, he said, here are the words that kind of describe my, my life. I mean, hurry, stress, anxiety, frustration, impatience, and melancholy. And maybe you tick off all six of those here in the last day of 2023. I don't know. But all I know is I've sure tasted my sense of hurry and stress, anxiety, frustration, impatience, and melancholy. These are part of the battles we fight because we're in a fast-changing, conflict-ridden world where, where who knows what's going to show up in the headlines the next day that we, we wake up. But he says, I started on a pursuit, a, a spiritual journey. It involved reading. It involved, it, involved, it involved trying to understand what the spirit-filled life was all about and what a Jesus-centered life was about. And he, write, he goes on and writes, at the heart of many of the approaches to Christian spirituality that have been offered over the years, it is the idea that it's possible Listen, it's possible to learn to live moment by moment in the felt presence of the resurrected and ascended Jesus. And in spite of what's going on all around us, it is possible to stay that close to Jesus, to live in the moment by moment felt presence of the resurrected and ascended Jesus. And he paints this beautiful picture of what our lives hidden in Christ can be all about. And, and it's in a section in his book where he's actually talking about the Colossians 3 lifestyle. 
uh, paying attention to things above and living, living as if we really are hidden with Christ in God. And he said it is possible to approach all the events in the course of a day with a sense that we're not alone, that Christ is right there with us. He's loving us. He's encouraging us. He's enabling us to respond to this or that situation or person the way Jesus would respond. And he says, in all of this, in understanding that that was possible, I was being exposed to the life-altering concept of Christ's empowering presence. So let's just read it again. Paul writes in Colossians 3, since then you have been raised with Christ. This is Christ's empowering presence. Set your heart on things above where Christ is. Let's start with Jesus. Let's stay close to him. And he's seated at the right hand of God. So let's set our minds on things above and not on all these other earthly things that can easily dominate us. For Paul writes, you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. What if that reality, of that kind of staying close to Christ lifestyle was to become a part of our lives in a fresh way in 2024? I, I think to answer that question, there's probably some, some smaller questions we need to ask. And, and the first is, um, you know, as you look over your spiritual life so far, uh, what is it that keeps you focused on Christ? I think we want to do that. I don't think we want to get into some kind of striving with all kinds of boxes i got to check off every day to somehow make God happy with me. That's not the in Christ experience. But I do think we need to ask ourselves, what kind of things really keep me focused on Jesus? What kind of things help me? And I know in a time when so many people have become extremely casual about church attendance, either live or in person, uh, uh, live and in person or online. I mean, I mean, I, I, I personally, I need people I'm praying with. I, I need to be in a room full of people who are just worshiping God with all their hearts. It does wonders for me. I need to be hearing not only my own reading of God's word. I need that, but I need to hear just hear the word of God read out loud by other people. And 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 I need to sometimes times of solitude, times when I'm not under pressure to perform, but I'm just listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I need a small group that I'm a part of. I mean, I mean, I need all of these things in my life. That's how I answer. And, and we call these the spiritual disciplines. And, and the spiritual disciplines aren't supposed to be some kind of duties that put pressure on us. They're supposed to be ways in which we express our just passion to be close to Jesus. And, and, so, and so what kind of things really work for you uh, to stay focused on Christ, to make you aware of Christ? And I just encourage you to open your heart to more of that in your life in 2024. And of course, we have to ask the opposite question. What kind of things are in your life right now that are distracting you from Christ? I mean, and there are all kinds of things that distract us incredibly. And we need to maybe be a little bit, be a little bit stern with those things. We, we all learn as growing people that sometimes what you say no to is as important as what you say yes to. And, and, I just, I just want to engage those things more and more that help me stay close to Christ. But I want to be a little more rigorous with those things that keep distracting me from Christ. Because here's the overall question once again. What would an active, Jesus-focused life 
look like in this new year? I mean, an active, Jesus-focused life, what would that look like? I know for us as a church, uh, many churches do a week of prayer. We're going to start with a month of prayer. I wrote a book several years ago uh, called Second Chronicles 7, 14, and, and it's a 28-day prayer guide. There's a devotional every day. There's scriptures to read and pray, and there's, a, there, there's an actual prayer for every day. Uh, we have uh, just went out of print, but we do. I got possession of 500 copies. I'm going to give them to anybody who wants them. You've already been hearing about this if you've been at Central Assembly the last couple of weeks. And uh, we're going to follow starting January 1st, starting tomorrow, with day one of week one. Week one will deal with our personal hearts, our personal focus on Jesus. Week two on our, on our families. Week three on our church and, and our ministries. And week four on the world. And I encourage you to give all four weeks just to starting by praying in central moments that I do online on uh, YouTube or Facebook page, central moments every day. Um, we're going to be focusing Monday through Friday, at least, on, on, on those days in sequence. And we're going to be spending extra time in that five or six minutes in central moments uh, just to actually be praying those things together as a church family. Maybe that's just one little thing, to start an active focus on Jesus to start the new year. Paul said, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died. What good news. You died to the addictions and to the old ways and to all the fears and to all the obsessions that plague people in the world without Christ. You died to those things. You died to the lesser things than, than, than the eternal things of taking the gospel to people who have never heard it before. You died to all those ways we waste our money on things that won't last you died to those things, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That's where we start, and that's where we end. May the Lord help us to get there. And may I just say, if you, need, if you don't know Jesus at all, if you need to start a relationship with him, you know, Acts 4, verse 12 in the Bible says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we may be saved. There's no other name than the name of Christ, the name of Jesus, by which you can have eternal life. Because only Jesus dealt with the problem of evil and your sin. And he's ready. He's paid it all. He's ready for you to turn from that and put your trust in him and to receive his spirit. He's ready for you today to bow before him and say, Lord, you now, are going to be the king and master of my life, not me. I want my life to be hid with Christ in God. And he's ready to do that because there is no other name given among uh, mankind whereby we must be saved. May God help you to do that.